What's up, guys? Welcome to Just So We're Clear, a podcast brought to you straight out of Singapore with your hosts, Marissa True and myself, Hanley Hofer. Now, if you've listened to us before, well, you know the deal. But if you're new here, well, hey, welcome. So on this show, we cover pretty much everything to do with modern life, female empowerment, sex, mental health, finances, you name it, we do it in the most uncut way possible. Mm -hmm. So grab a coffee, maybe even a glass of wine. No, definitely some wine. Light a scented candle. Or maybe you're at the gym or you're cooking your dinner. But consider this next hour your time to feel like you're not alone. Because trust us, we get it. It's just so we're clear. Well, hi, guys. Surprise, surprise. We're coming back a little bit more regularly than we have been. I mean, let's just say throughout 2022. Consistency has not been our finest virtue, but... We're here. We're ready for another heartfelt, honest episode of Just So We're Clear. Let's come to you with what we would normally do, which is a very classic, simple vibe check of where we're at. How are you? I love our vibe checks. I'm actually good. Uh, I just landed from yet another trip abroad. I was in Paris for a week. I am literally made of croissants and red wine and steak and... I am exhausted, but I'm very, I'm very content. Mm-hmm. I feel really tired, but really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of coasting on that high a little bit. I, on the other hand, am a plateau of sadness, which is depressing yet true. Um, I feel like I wasn't going to come on here and be like, I'm okay, because I hate that. Um, the reality is that I've been going through some personal stuff the last couple of weeks. It's been really difficult. Um, but overall, I'm okay. In fact, you know, I want to acknowledge myself that I'm more okay than I thought. Right. Um, and I think I want to acknowledge that in recognizing that I am stronger than I thought I was. You know what I mean? I think sometimes when we're faced with hardship and adversity, like, Sometimes the fear of going through hardship is more daunting than actually going through it. And then as it's happening, you're actually realize that when the, when you need to be there for yourself, you come through and you're like, okay, there has been some development in this space. Oh, and big I'm, time. I'm actually okay. It's kind of like when you're anxious before doing something and then the anxiety is peaking. And then when you're actually in the thing, you're like, oh, well, that was a bit dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh yeah, exactly. It's like it's, it's always like, the fear. I don't know. Maybe sometimes the fear of going through something terrible is worse than the terrible thing. Oh yeah, it's like when you get a vaccination and you're afraid of needles, and then you're blowing it up in your mind that someone's about to stab you with something long and sharp, and then you get it, and you're like, oh, that was fine. And then yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of in that space where um, I'm. Better than I thought I was going to be, but I definitely need some healing to do, which is ironic because the last episode we were like, healed girl summer. But but that's the way, right? And also it just means that like we were were at the intermission of healed girl summer and then now we're getting back into it. Mm -hmm. And listen, like this is your birthday weekend coming up and we have an itinerary booked and it's literally every woo woo thing 
that I have always thought, yeah, maybe I'll try that one day, concentrated into three days. So guys, I turned 30 two days ago. Welcome to the club. I know. Um, First reflections on 30. Honestly, I feel like I've been 30 for a while. I feel like I've been 30 for a minute. Like it does, right? Yeah. Like I actually don't feel like I I I think I think leading up to 30 this it's exactly what we were just saying. Leading up to to 30, the last 2 months I was going through this like stages of being really reflective about my 20s, being really like sentimental about like new chapters and all that. And in doing so, I was like creating this like mountain in my head. Right. And then I got to the day and, and I'm like, like oh, am I a grown up now? Yeah, it doesn't actually change anything. It really is a number. Maybe it's another one of those things where like the anticipation is bigger than the event itself. This is what we were discussing when it was close to my birthday in November. And it was just that it wasn't this momentous event. It was just this kind of coming into your own and being like, oh, yeah, it is my deal. Mm. And then just finding mm. peace in that. Mm. But I have been as usual pretty reflective of like what I've been going through and the direction that I do want to head to. Um, I'm also going through my Saturn's return. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't really think of that as a thing. And then I, I mean, I guess it was just something that people described in so many different ways, but it was basically this transitionary period in your adult life. Mm -hmm. Yo, it was rough. (laughs) it's turbulent your world gets turned upside down like surely you're kind of midway through it no I think I think I'm I think I'm still in like the first half okay so for people who like me are not as familiar with astrological terms can you just define so a Saturn's return? return basically and I hope I get this right is that um, Saturn returns to the placement of where it was when you were born. And in a way, you're kind of like coming back to yourself. It's right. like it happens every 27 or so years. Or so some people, it ha- like it's around the late 20s mark. Yeah. Um, and basically it like, it's a moment in your life where things are, the shifts are so drastic. The realizations are so powerful. It like ends up, possibly like changing your direction yeah and um and yeah so in a sense it's like saturn returns to where it was when you were born and then i think saturn is the planet of self i think so i have co-star on my phone i could look it up yeah just do a quick check i think saturn represents self and basically in a way it's like you're coming back to your true self or you're realigning yourself for like a more authentic you Okay, let me look up Saturn. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going through that. I'm going through some trials and tribulations in personal life where I think it's forcing me to surface all these big questions, big feelings, big directions that will eventually lead me to this next chapter that will invite more authenticity. So it says Saturn is the other social planet. It rules responsibility, restrictions, limits, boundaries, fears, and self-discipline. And then it tells me about how I have a superiority complex. (laughs) (laughs) And also today's horoscope is think like a mountain. And I just don't know what that is. What the hell? I'm trying to think like a mountain and mountains don't think. And I think that just means I need to think less. Listen, honestly, I've been going through like I've downloaded CoStar. I've been having a ride with it. Some days I'm like, yeah, that hits. Other days I'm like, think like a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) And then one day it just said, 
it said something like eat everything in sight and i was in paris and i was like way ahead of you <laughs> <laughs> wow this shit yeah hits. <laughs> like well the universe wants me to eat this croissant so let me go ham yeah it's an interesting time for sure yeah, I mean, I I was told that I was hitting it around 28 and they they didn't coin it as Saturn's return. It was only a friend later that explained that that's what it was. But she she was actually my old mentor and I sat down with her and I basically had a full breakdown mm. because I was quitting the job that I had held with her for six years because I needed to change. And she was asking me about like, you know, what was going through my head and all this sort of stuff. And then she said, OK, so you're 28 turning 29. I went, yeah. And she went, oh, you're slightly ahead of schedule. But this is about right. She's like, mm. I would, she said, I, you know, I, this always happens. Mm. And it does shake up everything. My career track changed, relationship stays changed, living situation changed, everything changed. And I'm not gonna lie, it was hard. It was like 18 months of just turbulence. And then yeah. suddenly you just kind of come back into your own sort of like, it's like trying to swim up to a wave that's already crashing. And you're like, it's going to take me with oh it. Oh my God. Yep. Yep, I and hate those. Yeah, but, yep. And you're like, I'm. I can't swim fast enough, and so this is just gonna take me under for a minute, mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna have to get up, understand I'm in a new spot, and then swim back to where I want to be. I think that this whole year. I mean, okay. Also, another thing that I don't know if you guys have been going through this, right? But Marissa and I are attending so many freaking weddings this year, and so it's like weddings. All the weddings that couldn't happen because of lockdown, pandemics, blah blah blah. Like they all just like condense themselves into 2022 and my wallet hurts Yo. so much from paying for all this wedding garb but then again also very grateful but i don't want to talk about the finances of this i want to talk about how i just first i do want to declare bankruptcy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just put that out there i love these weddings i love love i love these celebrations of love I am broke. Yeah. You know how like <laughs> people are watching your stories being like, oh my God, how does she afford these trips to Europe? We don't. We honestly <laughs> just like pray after we put our card down. Shout out to, listen, I maxed out my credit card. I never maxed out my credit card. I maxed out my credit card. <laughs> I did it three times. Three times. You know who I blame? Genuinely. Jesus. No, I blame the Shopaholic series by Sophie Kinsella. <gasps> Did you ever read those? No, but I was thinking of Confessions of a Shopaholic. Shop yeah, no. So Confessions of a Shopaholic, the movie, is based on uh, some trashy novel series I used to read called, yeah, Confessions of a Shopaholic, where she basically glamorized shopping. And, and I, like, I'm not taking accountability. I'm blaming it all. On capitalism. On capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> you made me like this. Wait, wait, I'm getting distracted. What was I saying? Okay, wait, wait, I want to come back. Forget money. No, we no, don't no. have any. Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> we broke. Anyway, um, now I want to say, are you guys experiencing this? But there's something that's like really um, triggering, but in a good way um, or a bad way. I don't know. Either way, about seeing your friends take these big life progression steps. Like seeing so many of my good friends getting married, it just makes you so damn reflective of like, my turn what do I want like it just it gives you a new idea of what your I guess your goals are in your <laughs> dogs dogs I say we just keep it running yeah hey be polite Sh shut up I love you come here First sorry guys we're on the floor of my living room and my dogs are um definitely a part of the vibe <laughs> but yeah I think 
anyway, like coming back to the metaphor about the wave, I think this year um, and having a series of seeing people just move on with their personal life also made me have this like mounding like inquiry within of right. what do I want for mine? Sure. Are you not having that? No, I did. But I feel like it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, along the lines of what do I want my wedding to look like? What do I want my life to look like into the future? It was kind of understanding or looking at the relationships that were being honored, mm -hmm. like the people who are getting married and thinking, if I don't have what they have, I don't want it. Yeah, that that's what I mean. I'm not looking at it being like, I want this kind of wedding. No, it's like, I really want a love that pure. Yeah. And I that was actually something that I was discussing with a couple engaged friends because I mean, I'm notoriously single. <laughs> and I actually like I was dating someone for a little bit and they were awesome. But then there was a gap in terms of my feelings and I just couldn't bridge that gap and it was sort of understanding keep going sorry I thought we weren't recording <laughs> we definitely are keep going uh, so I was gonna say this was a good one I yeah I, was, I know I like, okay no, keep going error. um no and I was talking to a couple friends who were saying that you know they were in these relationships with people for years and then suddenly they met someone else and something clicked for them. And they were like, this is that thing that that feeling that I'm missing in the other one. So they were saying that, you know, they they were with someone for years. They fell in love with them because they were such great people. So they developed that attachment, but it was built rather than felt instantly. Mm. And then they met someone else who offered all the same plus that feeling. And that's when they were like, ah, that's what it is. And I was like, I, I don't know if I've ever felt that. Oh my that. God, wow. So that is the kind of knowingness that people talk yeah. about. Because I think a lot of us, especially as women, like we think really thoroughly about our partner and the qualities they bring to the table and what they can offer us and what we can offer them. That we also almost rationalize our feelings towards them. And we think they're good for me and therefore I will keep them around because this is, this is healthy. Mm. But then there's always that lingering doubt of, but if I don't feel that, does that mean I should still hold on to it because it's good for me and it's like a vitamin and I should take it anyway? Or I should hold out until that feeling really hits. And I think, I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think some people develop incredible lives with, without feeling that like, that this, this is my one. Yeah. Or maybe that feeling comes later, but I do know a couple of friends who they ended up leaving their past relationships because once they were exposed to that feeling from someone else, even if, you know, they didn't eventually end up with that person, they knew that that was a necessity in their relationship for them. It was so interesting. Damn, that is heavy shit. Ugh. So, because, I mean, I've had this chat with different married friends and they said that they challenge the idea of the one where mm. it's not that the spark happens and it's just like for, but then again, people have different needs. Like my friend said, like it wasn't for her and her husband, the case where she was like, he's the one, like she adores him and she loves their life. And like, they have a child together and they're super happy. But right before she got married, I was like, is he the one? And she was like, I really don't know. I still right. don't know, but I know that I love him so much. Yeah, it's like different strokes for different folks, right? Like some people are straight up looking for companionship. Some people are looking for this head over heels obsession with one another. Um, 
I don't know, you know, personally. What do you want? Do you want, what do you, like, what is, for me, I know that, sure, compatibility has to be there. Shared values has to be there. But the one thing that has to be there is that I really want my future partner to always have romance with me. Sure. Like romanticism. Like I'm such a romantic. Like I, that's something for the rest of my life. Like I need that. I need the little notes. I need like the random flowers. I need like that sense that you're always like crushing on me. Right. I don't, I don't like, yeah, you're going to end up with your best friend for sure. That's going to happen anyway, I think. But I want my best friend to have a crush on me for the rest of our lives. Right. Mm. I don't think mine goes that extreme. Like I, I'm fixed on the best friend thing. Like I want someone that I wake up to every day and they're making me laugh all the time and we're going on adventures and we're going like when we travel, it's always something new and interesting and they're the person I want to do it with. And like the romantic gestures, like I personally feel like it's so hard to come across someone who can eventually become your best friend. But I do think romanticism is it's like an active effort. Mm, mm-hmm. And so you can manufacture it in any kind of relationship dynamics. So if you marry your best friend, you can create that for yourselves. So for me, that becomes secondary, but I have to marry my best friend. Mm. And I have this gut instinct that they will be my best friend before I get with them. This Ooh. isn't a relationship. Like I just, Ooh. in my gut, it's, it feels like, Oh my God, do you think you know who they are already? But you just don't know that that's them. Maybe. <gasps> this is huge i just feel really deep in my gut that my perfect relationship is someone who already knows every single angle of me and has still decided yeah that's someone i want to be around for the rest of my life rather than dating someone and then them discovering that and being like yeah that's cool i'll stick with it It's really interesting. I don't know if that's the way it's going to go. And, you know, I might I might reevaluate it, but that's what I want. Well, listen, if that's what you want and if your gut says that, it's probably what it's going to turn out to be. Manifest this. (laughs) Manifest this feeling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like that to me is the most romantic ending that I could envision for myself. Mm. Oh, God, I still am the girl who would like want like because i am a deep believer in the spark right yeah Yeah. all of my great romantic loves throughout my life there was always that initial spark and i believe that whoever my future boo man woman i don't know don't still don't know is um it will have to be led in with an undeniable spark yeah Mm. yeah the spark is the spark is key because that that's the crushing feeling. I know, and you know like, what's oh. and you know what's crazy is that like I never meet people that I find the spark with. I've probably met like two Why of them in my spark? entire life. Isn't that terrifying? Like thirty, I've only met two sparks. But I think that's important. If you were the kind of if you were to date and feel a spark with every single person. You're just setting up tripwires for yourself left, right, and center. That's true. Like, is it spark or is it anxiety? <laughs> or is it codependency? Oh, <laughs> lovely. But I just don't, yeah, like I, I would rather encounter it less and be fascinated when it happens than encounter it often and be like, oh, it's another one. I love him too. Mm. Like, I don't fall in love easily. 
I really, really don't. Oh, man, I barely like people easily. You love me. <laughs> yeah, you right. <laughs> this is a moment. <laughs> but I, I can, you know, I empathize for people who are on the search for the one because it's hard out there. And also it's what we were told. Yeah. Wait for the one. Like that that's your person sort of thing. But then, you know, when you get like friends who will point out someone in your life and be like, why hasn't that happened? Mm-hmm. That pisses me off because <laughs> I'm like, why hasn't that happened? <laughs> it's also intru- it plants seeds and the potentially dangerous seeds. Uh, yeah, no, I don't see. I'm trying to think that into a situation of my own life. And the reason I don't like that is because I'm also stubborn. Like if you tell me to go for someone, I'll almost instantly be like, no. Oh, my problem is I'm too open minded where I'm like, huh. <laughs> for every single thing. It just feels forced if someone else has to tell me to pursue somebody. Oh, no. So no one ever tell you to pursue someone, but it's more just the idea of being like, have you ever thought about that? And you thinking, well, now I'm thinking it. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I don't know, romantic inception. Hmm. But, you know, I mean, ooh. Ooh. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but the Lord is knocking. <laughs> Oh my god, what is my neighbor doing up there right now? Guys, today is a messy one. The dogs are barking, the neighbor is drilling. He was. Um <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna take a moment while the world around us settles down. It's kind of like it's like construction ASMR. So if you ever want and this dog is breathing into the mic now. Hero, do you have something to say? You know, one of the things that I recognized um, with the thing that I'm going through is that I've recognized a new value within myself okay. that I don't think I focused in on enough. And I always knew it was there. Um, and that value is not just honesty, but honesty with oneself. And sure. I actually think that, you know, when you look at your roster of friends and you look at the people around you, the reason they're in your life is because to a degree, you guys have shared values. That's yeah. why you keep these people around. Yes. I think for me, the one shared value that is almost a non-negotiable with the people in my life and future people in my life is that I will require them to have um, and to be able to be honest with themselves. Sure. Because I think that it's the scariest thing to do. And it's the bravest thing to do is to really sit down and take a mirror to yourself and ask questions about your happiness, your accountability, your direction, your your satisfaction with who you are. Because mm-hmm. we do such a good job distracting ourselves in, the, in this world. Like our ego is distracted all the time. Like technology is built to distract us, to take us away from focusing on the things that matter. But how are you ever going to get to the root of what matters if you can't even be honest about what you want and who you are? But this goes back to what we were saying earlier this episode, where the, the amount of anxiety that comes with confronting yourself mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Like, like I mentioned slightly earlier that um, I had sort of dated someone for a little bit and then realized that this wasn't really the thing that I wanted or the thing that I was looking for. And it cued or it kicked off three days of such high anxiety of where I couldn't stop crying because I had to address the fact 
that I was looking at something that was great, but not what I wanted. And also having to confront the fact that like, I mean, I had a lot of questions because you can understand that on principle, but then all it kicked off all these questions in my head of, you know, am I not open to the idea of letting someone in? Am I naturally too defensive? Am I always going to shut out other people sort of thing? And it just, it was, it was aggressively upsetting. Yeah. It's super confronting. And I think it's the easy thing to do is to stay comfortable. And like the easy thing to do is to deflect or to let that pacifying side of yourself make up excuses of why you should stay in this comfort zone because it feels good. Yeah. But to actually take the steps out to that is in line with your truth, like that shit is hard. And I think that anyone around the world who has the capacity to recognize that it is your responsibility to be honest with yourself. Like, I love those people instantly. And even if I don't agree with your truth, if that is your truth, I will respect you. Yeah. Yeah. One exercise that actually really helped with me was sitting down and really combing out what my own red flags were. Mm. Like, what are the red flags I'm bringing to a situation? And I mean, how can I... How can I reduce them? How can I turn them from a red to an amber? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's upsetting when you realize <laughs> that you are also damaged. Like everyone's got their baggage. Everyone's got their thing, their unhealthy trait that they're bringing into a dynamic. And if you never stop to think about what yours is, you're going to you're gonna introduce similar patterns in every relationship going forward. For and sure. Because you're just going to be escaping from one truth to another. Like you're just going to be yeah. running. <sighs> yeah. Accountability, man. It's just so fucking hot. Like, Jesus, <laughs> you know, like being real with who you are and like, because I think that once we break the barrier of true honesty with ourselves, then we are creating a stronger immunity towards shame. Yeah. And then we like create a better relationship with when we at times feel guilt because it's not going to be such a slap in the face if we knew that slap was coming, if we had the awareness of our downfalls or, if we, you know, it's just. That's all I want for the people in my life and for myself going forward is that strongest sense of who am I really? The truth. Yeah, because it's interesting because on this podcast, we always talk about being unapologetically yourself. Mm -hmm. But then when you introduce accountability, you have to take responsibility that there are bits that you can be unapologetically yourself about. But there's also bits that you should probably be a bit apologetic about if they're not really your core bit. Like, I, yeah, if there's something you can change, if I think, there's something you can improve on. I think like I've had instances in the last couple of years where I've lost friends because they were not stepping up to the level of accountability that in a way was something that I needed for someone right. to be around me. And in a way, and I know it's kind of fucked up to say, and hopefully like maybe my attitude towards this will change, but I kind of have less patience for people who don't raise up to that authenticity but I think, like it kind of like I can't like my boundary of dealing with other people's shit in that sense is just so closed up these days but I think that's also just down to the fact that if you are moving at a pace that another person isn't matching then it's just going to create a gulf in your relationship and that's why you it, it naturally forces a distance but it's not to say you know those people are never going to find their way and if they do great but you know that just might mean you're too far gone at that point have you ever felt the have you ever do you resonate with this expression where it's like i can't be real with you because you're not even being real with yourself oh absolutely right 
I don't actually engage with those people because I see it as like a, a futile battle. Like, yeah, I'm not here to convince you of what you can't see. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I will take peace in knowing that we won't see eye to eye and I'm out. Like, yeah, that's that's kind of I feel like for me, it's that's always been my self-preservation. I think growing up as like a really argumentative kid, I always wanted to be right. I always wanted to prove my point until I realized that some people just aren't willing to see that point. Really? You you? What? I would have never pinned you for that. Listen, I am right all the time. (laughs) But if you don't see it, that's not my problem. (laughs) And in that, that is my my most maternal instinct. Mothers say they're always right. And listen, as you get older, you realize they really are. And I just figured that out sooner. And your mom's listening to this just like sobbing with pride. (laughs) Like, that's my girl. (laughs) It's her birthday today, so she can have that. Your mom's a Leo. My mom is a Leo. So much sense. My mom's a Scorpio, like you. <gasps> yeah. But I'm not like your mom and you're not like my mom. Oh. oh are we really? friends? Because are we healing some maternal shit? Are you my mom? <laughs> Mommy? <Me? laughs> Mommy? Mama? <laughs> shit got weird. Ooh, I don't like it. <laughs> but no, I, I do think that that is... I think that's just something that you understand as you grow older and you come to like a greater level of self-awareness and that self-awareness allows you to understand what someone else is going through and the fact that they can't see the same thing you see. (sighs) Yeah. For me, the also topic of being honest with yourself is that I respect people who are honest with themselves so much that even if it breaks my heart, I can't fuck with that. Yeah. Like that is so respectable. That yeah. that's your truth. And yeah. like, that's how I know that that value is so important to me because even though that is the thing that broke me, it's, there's a reason why I can accept it. Yes. And that's because I believe you and I agree. Yes. Yeah. But that's where, I mean, that's like the root of all heartbreak, isn't it? Yeah. That someone sees something that you just have to accept. Oh God, it just sucks being so woke. Fuck. Like, I genuinely sometimes think I was dumber. You know, jeez, <laughs> I wish I wasn't so compassionate. I wish I wasn't so intelligent. No, it's just so annoying. You know, when you get to that point where you're like so understanding of why people are the way they are that you just can't even get angry anymore. That was the biggest burden of my yeah, psychology degree. Like, I actually am at that point. Like, I wish I was angry. Like, or maybe my yeah. anger will surface later. I mean, in regards of what I'm going through right now. But I'm at a point where I'm just like a plateau of sadness because mm-hmm. of deep understanding. Especially being an empath. And I'm physically, such an empath. And physically feeling what someone else is explaining to you or sharing with you means that it is impossible to to you know, reject or deny them their feelings. But that also being said, I think one important thing, especially for empaths, is boundary setting in those dynamics. Like it becomes so important because yes, like you can accept that that's their truth and therefore, you know, that's going to be the way that it is. But insofar as it affects your feeling, you still have to take, you know, personal control over your feelings and understand the distinction between yours and theirs. Mm. That's so important because that's something that I failed at many times over i say that again in terms of like when people say they did something to hurt me or they they did something that i wasn't content like or happy with i always understood it on such a deep empathetic level that i 
let them just kind of get away with it, even if it came at my oh, cost. Oh, right, right. So I think... So, you, okay, we had this chat. You wouldn't really tap into your own, like, uh, redemption, anger feelings because yeah. you were just so, like, understanding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's an important reminder. Listen, I also mean... My, one of the biggest journeys for therapy for me has been allowing myself to tap into my rage and is coming. Like, I have no doubt. Give me like a couple months and then I'm going to enter my villain era, which I'm very looking forward to. And I, I'm going to force that to happen because I no longer want to live with hidden anger, which is what I did for so long. Sure. You know, but like Hugh Girl Summer, part two. Heel Girl, Angry Girl, <laughs> Villain Girl Summer? Angry Villain Girl Winter. <gasps> I'm just going to wonder for awesome. <laughs> Villain Autumn. I'm going to show up at Wonderfruit and just want to fight girl fall. people. Ah, that's got a buzz to it. The fall. The villain fall. Villain winter. Villain uh, winter. Listen, it's probably going to last six months, in which case it's winter and fall. I'll just be a bitch. Don't. No. Sometimes it's fun. Okay, I'll come with. <laughs> <laughs> just be in the sidelines laughing. I won't offend anybody. I'll just be fucking annoying. No, you just take what's yours. It's chill. <laughs> Save me some too. This is not going to end well. <laughs> Just be, you can be the villain in someone else's story, but don't be mean. You know? No, no, no. I'll never be mean. It's just about what's, what's claiming what is yours. Yeah. Unapologetically and low-key aggressively. And listen, that's the best season. I really enjoyed mine. It was very brief. It was literally like two weeks and I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm so powerful. And then I was like, I he don't like it anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna come back. I, as someone who's experienced villain eras in her past, I uh, actually know what it feels like. And sometimes, and I'm just gonna say it. And we talked about this in the whole bigger person episode. Sometimes just being bad feels good. Oh yeah, I definitely had my. That was my whole lean into chaos phase yeah. or self sabotage summer. Just like, as I like let to it, put it happen. It's not that deep. Go into it. I am going to hold that season like on a little bit of a pedestal and I'm going to let myself get there naturally. And you guys will know you'll hear about it on the podcast. But for now, I'm in my sad girl summer. It's so interesting because if I reflect back when I went through mine, as brief as it was, because it was so out of character for me, the number of people who would sit me down and be like, do we need an intervention? Mm. I was like, I'm... I'm genuinely just being a little bit reckless. What do you think is going to happen to me? <laughs> Bro, you're like tattoo. me. But like t- <laughs> Actually, no. I probably would, wouldn't I? I you're going to would... tattoo a second butterfly. Dude, I'm going to get a giant tattoo. This has been my plan for my you're 30s. You're lasering for a long... one off and you're going to put one straight back on. Bro, I've always known that I was someone destined to have a giant back piece. I just didn't earlier because of my job, but I'm going okay. to get it. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to get a little one. <laughs> Because it'll be like you, but muted. Yeah. Oh, no. I have plans. I want the kind of tattoo that like starts halfway up your leg and then finishes That's halfway up your rib cage, but a little bit more on your back. Okay. I wanted something that was hot, like on the thigh, but to the bum because it's just a massive canvas. And so we may There's as well use so it. There's so much potential. There's so much space. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what should you get? It's going to show. Like, no, I'm you wearing... wanted to get a jellyfish. An octopus. Octopus. <laughs> Tentacles was the key theme here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something flowy. Something flowy. <laughs> a jellyfish. Uh, I'm gonna get like I'm gonna get a, an animal. I was thinking a tiger. Not a lion for the Leo? Listen, tiger's just cuter. The aesthetic is nice. The stripes work. Like, I mean, here's me with a squishy octopus. Yeah. 
no internal bone structure. And I'm like, yeah, gummy. <laughs> This is the difference between you and I. I have no gauge of aesthetics. I just see something and go, I like it, <laughs> and put it on somewhere. The boob t-shirt. My eggs. The eggs. <laughs> if you guys These are remember your boobs on drugs. that episode. Anyway, um, I just want to give a special shout out to the few girls who wrote in for the last episode and really met us where we were at. Oh, yeah. Because you guys, that meant so much to us. Um, it's actually been a ride of the year and the truth of why we're always showing up late to the podcast is because consistency is hard and we have a lot going on in life. But just having those three girls, or was it four? I don't remember. Anyway. I'll say four because sounds better. It does. <laughs> those five girls come up to us. Those 50 women. Just all hundred of you come through <laughs> and remind us that you are out there with us on this journey. Gave us all sorts of warm feelings. Um, so we are very appreciative. Yeah, no, we love you so much and keep doing it because you know we're going to reply. And also when you guys, it was that one message where it said that if they had a daughter, they'd want them to be like us. I that I, 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 I shed a tear. Yeah. It's like me because it was the whole reflection of like, when, as you get older, you were the person your younger self needed. Oh my God. I saw that recently on Instagram reels and it was like, you are the person you're younger self would feel safe with i cried i i almost cried yeah it was so powerful i wish i had a me exactly mm -hmm. and if i had i was actually thinking this when i was in paris and thinking if i had a me when i was younger so much of my life would look very different if mm. i could have been like under my wing under my own wing mm. We're going to inner child therapy now. Oh, girl, my inner child not ready to be opened up right now. I'm actually a little bit afraid to do it. I know I want to do it, <laughs> but I'm afraid. Have you not done inner child work? No, because I know who she was and I want to protect her with everything. So there is a reason. Well, not here, but I keep a photo of myself as a child in my closet and mm -hmm. I look at her every day. And this is something a therapist told me. And I need to like acknowledge her every day because she still lives within me. I'm going to do that. Yeah, because... so take a photo of who you were at your purest. Put it somewhere to remind you that that cute little thing is still very much alive and within. I know the exact photo. You know what it's of? It's of me in this one-piece swimsuit where my stomach is so bloated and I'm stuffing my mouth full of popcorn. And my mom saw it and she went... And I, we covered my eating disorder in a previous episode, but my mom was reflecting on that and then she saw this photo. And she just, <laughs> she just takes a moment. She goes... You were born to get so much pleasure out of eating and you should never let anyone take it away from you again. That's and such like, a good one. It, it was. It's, that is such a good photo. And someone else actually pointed out, they were like, I've never seen joy like I've seen you when you eat. <laughs> and I was like, damn. <laughs> so guys, I don't know. Maybe this can spark a little just so we're clear homework for you. Do the same, girly, guy -y. Dude, do take that. a photo of the younger you put it somewhere that can remind you how pure and amazing that was I think I said this once but I'll rem bring it up again and I have a theory that adulthood is basically finding our way back to childhood like the happiest and purest versions of ourselves is when we were children and everything that happens in adulthood is kind of a search to come back to that state oh yeah absolutely yeah so I fully agree with yeah, that. Yeah, so we're all just searching ways to come back to who we were when we were pure. Yeah, when we were uninhibited by capitalism and, and credit card debt. And we weren't fucked up by the patriarchy. Patriarchy. 
Hashtag angry feminists. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, I think this would be a nice time to simmer down. I'm going to send off with the one thing that in my recent events has been highlighted. And I'm going to just reiterate, which is if there's anything I wish you for the next couple of weeks, it is the strength and clarity to find that deep honesty with yourself. And then wherever that takes you, go forth. That's Oof. all you can do. I stitch that on a t-shirt. Do it. <laughs> on my egg t-shirt. Yeah, I was like, put it on your <laughs> booby egg t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> all right. Peace out, guys. Love you lots. And we'll be back soon. Bye.